0: Are you looking for the ideal gift for the dog-loving children in your family? Jack and Billy Puppy Tales is a delightful story with an important message for children of all ages. It's written by Steve Goodall and Sally Bradbury. You'll follow two puppies, Jack and Billy, during that all-important first year of their lives. It's had some amazing reviews from some of the top dog trainers in the world.
1: Dr Ian Dunbar, Veterinary Behaviourist says,
0: I started to smile after only four pages. I couldn't put it down and at the end I could barely read for tears of happiness. This is a wonderful book. Karen Tong, dog training instructor and child dog bite prevention educator, said this.
1: This will definitely educate both children and adults about the correct way to bring up a puppy. It belongs in the home of all dog lovers and anyone considering acquiring a puppy.
0: You can find us at jackandbillypuppytails.com and join the adventures. We're also on Facebook, Jack and Billy Puppytails. See you soon.
2: We have some very exciting news for you on the Barks from the Bookshelf podcast. Our lovely friends at Dogwise, who publish a lot of the books that we have featured and are due to feature, have decided to give all of you lovely listeners 10% off all of their titles. So if you head to their website, which is www.dogwise.com, you can have a look at their catalogue. And when you get to your shopping cart at the end, just type in the coupon code, which is BARKBOOK, all one word, B-A-R-K-B-O-O-K, and they'll give you a whopping 10% off. Enjoy!
0: Parks hey. from the bookshop and we're gone alone about our dogs and parks from the bookshop and we're gone the lunch together Parks from the bookshop and we're gonna laugh about our dogs and parks from the bookshop howdy doody bookshelvers uh hope uh this podcast finds you all healthy happy and well out there in covid land hopefully coming to an end uh, in the UK anyway, of uh, lockdown in the not-too-distant future. Everyone keep their resolve. So, you might have uh, noticed it's uh, only me on me lonesome today doing this introduction. Now, we did actually record an introduction to this special off-the-shelf episode with Corinne, myself, and Natalie chatting away, having a giggle. Uh, I think we talked about TV shows we were watching, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, But it does appear that we had uh, what can only be described as technical difficulties. By that, I mean I didn't press the record button. Uh, It happens from time to time. My uh, sausagey fingers don't quite hit the buttons right. And uh, yeah, so unfortunately, all of that top quality material lost and you're stuck with my dulcet tones for this uh, introduction. So before I get onto what is going to be happening uh, this week um I just want to say a massive thank you to all the people who have become patrons recently on our Patreon page um loving the fact that people are supporting loving the fact that people feel that they want to buy us a virtual pint that's the way I'm that's the way I'm putting it out there like you know if you if you listen to this and you enjoy the content of the podcast and you just want to say you know what yeah Every, every month, I might buy you a pint. If you saw us on the street, would you say, hey, let me buy you a pint? Then that's the way you can do it. So if you do want to do that, uh, feel free. No obligation, of course. We're going to still keep cracking this stuff out because we love it. But it is www.patreon.com forward slash bookshelvers. Um, you can go there. Uh, there's a couple of platforms, um, a couple of different options for you. You can cancel it any time. So if you wanted to make one donation, that. Is all so cool, and you will help us keep making this for your ears. Everyone is a winner. So, today we have got an off the shelf episode, uh, and we talk to the absolutely awesome Chirag Patel. Um, we've wanted to get Jirag on the podcast before, um, but uh, he has, along with Nancy Creeden, um, been hosting a show you might have seen on the telly box recently called Cats and Dogs at War, which I think is absolutely amazing. Now, we talk all about it in the podcast. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on, I think it's five star, but you can go into the Channel 5 sort of streaming website uh, and find all the episodes so far on there uh it's it's wonderful it really really is now Nancy was supposed to come on as well but um unfortunately she couldn't in the end uh we do I don't know if anyone's seen on our Facebook page uh we do end up being able to honor her by making uh shirag's background on the zoom call be a big picture of nancy a big pink picture of nancy which is lovely so it's a real shame we didn't get to speak to nancy but i think it just means we're gonna have to get them both on again to talk about it when hopefully there's a season two um but if you haven't seen the show go and check it out if you've got any love for behavior cats dogs uh which you probably should have if you're listening to this to be honest then we highly, highly recommend it. Um, so here's a little few Shirag facts for you. Okay, so Shirag entered the animal training field professionally in 2004 and has since become a leading figure in the profession internationally. He is highly sought after for consulting with private clients and organizations, as well as running workshops for professionals internationally. Shirag consults on the behavior management and training of domestic animals kept as pets, exotics, zoo and laboratory animals. His passion is the application of behavior change science and ethics to improve the life of animals living under human care, especially applying training principles to teach animals to be an uh, to be active participants in their own daily and veterinary care in a stress-free manner. Um if you want to find out more about Sharag, uh you can go to www.domesticatedmanners.com domesticatedmanners.com um he's a wonderful wonderful human being uh he's one of those people that you talk to and and you just want to just keep listening to he's incredibly charming funny uh and just a wonderful wonderful person working in our industry so it was lovely to see that uh You know, what with everything going on in the world with television programs at the moment, enough said, uh, it's lovely to see a show um, that is out there that is preaching some absolutely fabulous stuff. And with Nancy and Shirag at the helm as hosts as well, um, qualified, accredited professionals. Um, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, I, I could gush about it more. I'd probably gush all over the place. Po- you know me, folks. I'm a gusher. So uh, without uh, any further delay, let's go and have a wee chat with shirak shall we? I think we should. It would be totally rude not to, wouldn't it? <laughs> everyone um we are here with shirag patel um from the amazing i think it's fair enough to say the most amazing dog training program on tv ever is that fair enough do you think i
3: think that's fair
0: enough yeah i do
2: (laughs) i mean i i watched it so (laughs) and that is saying something usually i avoid these programs like the plague so (laughs)
1: I was super gushy this morning when I was watching it. I was like, I don't I don't want to be too much tonight on the on the on the podcast. But you actually I was,
0: got a little bit emotional. I did.
1: I was like, This is amazing, like the things oh, you were saying and oh. stuff.
0: Sure <laughs> Thank
4: you. You missed out the cat's bit though
0: oh did i what did i what he said it's the best dog training program oh. yeah oh sorry that's my that's my cats? singular yeah. vision isn't it? and i forgot we've got t- <laughs> we've got team cat representing tonight as well haven't we? <laughs> not, not team dog so yeah i've done committed a cardinal sin straight away Dogs,
1: what are they? No <laughs> it's
0: all about cats now. <laughs> it's all about cats now. <laughs> so um, uh, me and Corinne did catch up with it this morning. We've got a Jack Russell who quite um, enjoys uh, shouting at uh, cats and dogs on the television. She doesn't discriminate, <laughs> um, which is nice. So uh, so we, we strategically uh, placed her with uh, some uh, Kongs upstairs and we caught up with it and it was absolutely incredible. It was brilliant. So congratulations. You must be very proud of yourself. Yeah. Thank you very much, Steve. And
4: uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm so happy with how the programs turned out and um, looking at um, because you don't always have control of editing and all the rest of those things Mm -hmm. with TV programs. And so I think the production company and the channel have done an amazing job at um, selling positivity, kindness, science based information and lots of practical tips that people can take that they can use at home straight away. Um, So I think that's fantastic
1: one springs to mind, and that is the the squeak and retreat.
0: Mm, I love that. I thought,
1: how simple is that for people to go away? Like, you know, we talk about positive interrupters and all this kind of, but squeak and retreat, just there.
4: <laughs> I know, and Nancy comes out with these. I was standing there watching Nancy um, talk about the squeak and retreat, and I was like, that's genius i love yeah. it the <laughs> client's gonna remember it yeah. um, straight away and so i'm definitely gonna be borrowing that nancy mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah like you say squeak and treat genius
1: yeah yeah
0: awesome. i will definitely be borrowing it as well so you can bill me to my account <laughs> yeah, <so that's> <laughs> uh, steve you
4: mentioned about um your dog and uh, um, the other funny thing is with speaking to other trainers in the community it's been funny how many people have been saying okay, so we sometimes don't watch dog training programs because we have dogs <laughs> that just bark and fly at the TV. Um, and so they go, we wanted to watch it. So what we've been doing is we've been using it as time to train the dogs too. So yeah. getting all these pictures of um, these dogs getting lots of reinforcers and rewards for sitting on beds and being calm while watching a TV program. So it's a great opportunity to practice training your dog as
0: well. <laughs> yes. One of the things... C- oh, go on, go on, Nat.
2: No, I was just going to say, because you know what's coming so the the thing that um my dogs are pretty okay with me watching tv but for some reason whenever there's a cat or a dog or a horse on some obscure (laughs) drama program they have to put noise to it you know like or it's always if um i look i watch a lot of crime drama so if they're on some sort of dodgy estate somewhere (laughs) there's always a dog barking like it's sort of just unsaid that that's how estates sound so um <laughs> it, it's a really good opportunity for training because you know exactly what's going to come <laughs> it's not <laughs> going to take you by surprise
4: <laughs> that's actually just giving me an idea it's like when you go to a client and they need to work on um certain sounds and things it's just like yeah you can sit on your settee and watch some tv watch crime dramas. um <laughs> As opposed to getting
0: out, yeah. So, surely, there's a problem here, though, isn't there? Because surely it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because when you're watching your crime dramas and your dog barks and then people are thinking, well, that's the sound of a normal housing estate in uh, in East London. That's fine. That's, that's what gonna say. I don't know if that would help. I'm not sure. <laughs> so maybe you can tell us a little bit about how um, you got into doing this amazing TV show. Sure.
4: Well, actually it's actually a cool story. Um, I was out working, um, in Iceland. Um, so I was working on a project, uh, with some beluga whales. And, um, I remember, um, getting this uh, phone call, um, and, um, it was like uh, after a session and so standing around is just like, hi. And they're like, Oh, would you like to be interested in, um, doing some work on a TV show? And in the beginning, um, when you often get TV requests, I'm sure you guys have had the same is I'm a bit skeptical because, um, TV isn't necessarily um, about education and um, uh, sometimes it's more entertainment than education. So um, it's like, uh, I'm not sure, but then we're speaking to the production company and finding out what their goals were and where they wanted to go with this. I thought it sounded like an amazing idea and a great opportunity to kind of um, reach the masses and, get some good information out there um and so and then i didn't know about nancy in terms of we didn't know who we're working with until a little bit further in the process um but it's just worked out amazing so that's yeah that's how it turned out they sent some messages and uh, we had a little conversation we discussed uh what things would be important um in terms of from my perspective and what they were looking for and understanding each other's goals and I think it's like seeing a client actually taking the time to kind of understand what they want to get out of the um, of that little relationship, what you want to get out of the relationship and then trying to kind of kind of compromising um, and then going from there.
1: Did you um, know Nancy before the show?
4: I didn't. Um, I, I knew, um, I heard the name and I um, I think Nancy had come to Wolf as well one year. And so I'd seen her name on like registrations and at the conference, um, but I didn't know her personally and really had a conversation with her. And mm-hmm. um, so we met the first time in some of the pre-meetings and things like that. And um, yeah, it was just fantastic. It was so wonderful. Like we've had we've got so many amazing uh, memories and times that we spent together um, and a lot of videos that maybe she doesn't want me to share of us. Um, <laughs> of us um making up uh weird and wonderful songs in the car on our way to see um people and um yeah <laughs> doing goofy things she's a very <laughs> funny person
2: <laughs> she is she's she's brilliant isn't she and Everything sounds better in an Irish accent. I think <laughs> yes. She can kind of get away with more with the clients, I think, you
4: know. Oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, yeah, like I say, <laughs> she comes out with some real great, um, like, uh, things like the Squeak and retreat. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I've loved it. It could have been because you never know who you're going to be working with. And so the fact it is Nancy, I'm so happy. And hopefully we get to do more and work together um, a lot more um, and go to second series yeah. yeah
2: that'd be great yeah we do it? too yeah. I just I, I can't move on sorry without mentioning how casually you just said that you're in Iceland trailing beluga whales just <laughs> yes. like that's just like <laughs> just a normal thing that, that people do <laughs> I mean you it get... is
4: normal do you not do you not like
2: <laughs> no <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you get involved in some amazing projects don't you so although you're the the cat guy on this tv show Um, that the list of species that you've trained now must be pretty impressive.
4: I am. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky and privileged and, um, genuinely, um, like I, yeah, just I love what I do, and um, I know we we're so lucky we get to work with animals and behavior and um, help people. Um, and I've become I've always been interested in different animals, and we've had pet parrots and pet birds at home, and um, I've been interested in the zoo world, um, and so. Um, it started off training uh, farm animals and helping out in farms and mm. um, at uni, uh, working with some of the animals in the small unit there, the animal unit, um, and then just people going, oh, uh, we have a horse um, and we're struggling, can you help? Or we have this raccoon, it turned out to be. Um, someone <laughs> had a raccoon in that private zoo and some wolves. And so working with them, and then it just kind of spiraled from there and it became um, different animals. But yeah, the beluga whale's actually really interesting in terms of um, these are two whales, little gray and little white. Who um, have been housed in an aquarium? So originally they came, they were in the wild. They were caught when they were about two years old, um, probably somewhere in Russia. um, And then Um, They were taken to an aquarium in China and they spent 12 years there participating in shows and an aquarium and then Sea Life, um, Sea Life Center, Sea Life Trust, they bought the aquarium in uh, China and they don't believe in housing, cetaceans, um, dolphins and whales in um, in captivity under human care. And so their goal was, what can we do with these whales to help improve their welfare? Um, And it's a controversial topic, I think. And it's a thing that people are very mixed about, whether it's like never have wild animals in captivity. or or that you should never have and I think it's a um for me it's a bit more of a um complex topic and I think um there's two sides of the coin there but um so they decided they were going to try and help these whales uh be in a more naturalistic environment and um they found this bay in Iceland uh which is off the island and it's off uh, sort of main Iceland a few hours away and the interesting story there is uh, when I went to work with them found out that um free willie um once he was famous um people wanted to set him free and um they actually used the same bay um they netted it off and he was living in that bay initially then they opened oh. up the net and he went free and they started trying to train him to live in the wild and sadly it wasn't a success story but um some of the things i heard like things like he had his own plane um so they would take a plane out as free willy was let out uh, from his little bay and follow him around in the ocean so they can see where he is and all these kind of things so these beluga whales were put into the bay there they were trained from going into from living in um an aquarium where um, everything is controlled, temperature, water quality, the sounds, what they're exposed to and then suddenly they're out in the wild and so we to—we worked on using positive reinforcement like you would do with a cat and a dog, um, teaching them to be comfortable with birds flying overhead, um, noises of ships going by, uh, wow. being comfortable eating um, so that's, we worked on those. There's a programme on ITV um, by John Bishop who followed the story of the whales so if anyone's oh, I interested. Remember it, that. I remember
2: that I never watched it but I, I do remember that I must yeah. have to I'll have to have a look uh,
4: they can check out sea life trust a little plug for those guys yes. uh, the beluga whale sanctuary in Iceland if you google them you'll find lots of cool information about the work they're doing
0: I don't I I, I should mention here you say that uh, uh Nat, that I haven't got any experience working with belugas um our <laughs> our, uh, our newfoundland peach um, one of her nicknames is Beluga, so I can say it quite <laughs> often to her. I, call her. I call her the biggest Beluga in the world when I'm sort of staring into her eyes. I'm like, "You're the biggest Beluga in the world." I uh, oh. so I do have a small small amount of Beluga experience <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a real one. The,
2: yeah, the, the the rare fluffy land Beluga. <laughs> yeah, the land. Based <laughs> well, we beluga. call her Beluga.
1: <laughs> what
4: colour
0: is she? She's black. Oh, yes. that's, yeah, a, that's the,
2: her. On, oh, on is it? Pie. yeah that's her that's Drax that's a, that that was a design
0: that Lily Chin done for us for the for the podcast yeah. so we were super super happy about that that's amazing no oh, it's really <laughs> really cool so getting back to um cats and dogs at war um <laughs> I thought what a fact well first of all what a fascinating and really good topic to cover because so many people's lives are I mean I, I as a dog trainer myself I I know how many people come to me with like puppies and they're like oh we've got a cat as well and and I think a lot of people arrive pretty quickly at the uh sort of like we have to section our house off kind of kind of answer and that's pretty much where people stay I think and one of the things that I really really loved about um cats and dogs at war is that uh the cat side of it the the side that because I think that's the side a lot of people don't really think about isn't it the the enrichment of a cat's life how to make them feel safe like I think a lot of people of course when they arrive at my door are talking all about it from the dog's point of view so I thought that was a really really fascinating and an important thing for the show to 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 um broke I think yeah and I love that you say that because
4: um we do um like if you're not familiar with cats they're kind of an alien species and um at the the beginning and you're like well cats are cat they just take themselves outdoors they don't really um have emotions they don't really build friendships they're just a cat and actually all of that is so far from the truth um because they are such complex animals and um they do have great social lives and they uh, they feel emotions just like dogs and you can get as much joy um, really building a strong relationship with a cat as you do with a dog and um, playing fetch. You can watch Netflix and chill with your cat. You can do (laughs) so many things with cats that you can do with dogs. And I love the fact you say that because I think sometimes like when I started out my focus was dogs and my label was dog trainer and it's like I don't know anything about cats and the great thing about the work that we do um, essentially the science of learning and behavior principles are similar for cats dogs and uh, whatever animal that behaves and there's some differences but we do have some real foundation information that we could apply to any species in a house so when we go in we really have an ethical obligation as well as a dog trainer when we go in if someone's got a cat because um it's not just how does the dog affect everyone's behavior within that household um the children the people um and that includes the cat and so i think we have an ethical ethical obligation to go um Okay, if I don't know what to do with a cat, let's find someone who can help me. Let's go find a resource um, and uh, find a behaviorist who works with cats and work together as a team. And that's the other thing I love is the fact that Nancy Mm. and I'm able to work as a team. Mm -hmm. We go, let's bring in two people and then dog training and animal behavior. I think that's a really good thing to do is bring in other people so we can collaborate and work as a team and help.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. I I loved um, the uh, in the first episode, you got them um, putting up an extra shelf so that there was like sort of a little jump all the way up there. And the cat uh-huh. was just instantly was like, Oh, this is great up here. This is fat. <laughs> this is what I always wanted. And then, they, but then I also said there was one episode where, um, they, they hadn't done the shelving. And you said you weren't surprised and you were like, I've got another idea. And I was like, there we go. If you can't get someone to do it on the jelly, <laughs> you'd think they'd go exactly. along with it for TV. <laughs> you'd think it's it
4: can be easier on TV because it's like on TV. But we have the same, like, these are real clients and from Nancy and my perspective we're working with real clients, this is not like someone who's set up or anything Mm. and so when we go in and work with these um, clients and their pets um, these animals are real, the clients are real, the problems are essentially real for Mm -hmm. these people and the animals and so um, we have the same um, challenges potentially as we would going into any client's house and sometimes people don't want a bookshelf, if you have to move house or you go I in rented accommodation I might not be allowed to put nails in my wall and so Mm -hmm. I think We need to be thinking about okay so the principle is we want the cat to have height and safe places Mm -hmm. uh, but there's so many different ways to achieve that and like you say one way is to stick a cat tree up and then you can move the cat tree you can take it with you to your new house um so there's always solutions we just need to look outside um the box saying that reminds me of there's a picture I don't know if you guys have seen it is a cat um sitting in a cat um carry I think the top of the cat carrier is taken off yeah. and the cat's just sitting there and the little um sort of quotation on top of it is um just it's about the perspective of how you look at it as yeah. a cat thinks they're kind of blocked but if you look at it from a different perspective there is no um sort of physical barrier there yeah. um yeah. And so I think it's like looking outside the box
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Penny does something similar in her crate because obviously there's only one door to it, and that's going out. There, but she never looks out the side. If I'm ever stood at the side of the car, she never goes, "Oh, you might be there." She's always like, "It's that way." It's that way. <laughs>
0: that's the way the action comes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think one thing I I loved about the show. Well, I love loads of things about the show as well. And I um one kind of disclaimer is if anyone's listening and they haven't watched it yet, um, don't feel that if just because you haven't got a cat and dog at war that it's not for you Mm -hmm. because there's still some brilliant training bits that you can pick up on um but from my geeky behaviorist perspective I just loved the fact that you were talking about risk and safety (laughs) and you know barriers and management Mm -hmm. because I think um, often that's kind of missing because it's maybe seen as a, a, a cop-out because it's such a simple solution that keeps everybody safe that it's almost too easy and we need more magic wands. But actually, for those of us on the ground day to day, they're the kind of things that we're advising to be sensible. So I, I thought that was yeah. brilliant. And the, the, you know, like the picket fence to do introductions and all that, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. was great.
4: Yeah. Like you said, I think that's just like a mic drop is um, why do we sometimes make it more complex than it needs to be? But also mm-hmm. what's wrong with simple and um, easy? And I yeah. think in training, um, one of the things I see with like young trainers coming up and trying to. So sort of one of the things I try and uh, focus on inspiring, like, like looking at the perspective of it 's not cheating if you 're arranging the environment to make it easier it 's not cheating if you put a fence up it 's not cheating if you help the animal find the answer because there's this idea i think that we need to let them work it out or yeah. solve a problem and we and i think we, we want animals who are solve problems, but how do we get there? You don't just chuck a child in a shop that can't count, that doesn't know how to count, that doesn't know what money is, that doesn't know what a can of Coca-Cola is and go go buy a can of Coca-Cola. We need yeah. to teach what uh, Coca-Cola is. We need to teach how to count money. We need to teach how to count change. And we need to teach how to talk to the cashier. And once they've got all these components, we need to teach them how to put the components together and then mm-hmm. the child can put them to, together in different ways. And I think same with the animal is... Um, a lot of times with trainers, and I use I say trainers, um, I refer to myself when I say train trainers. Is um, I found myself doing this a lot is uh, going. Oh, that would be cheating if I uh, make it so easy. Um, it's not really training if I just put the dustbin in the cupboard because I <laughs> need to train the dog um, to um, sit there and or walk past the dustbin and not stick the head in. Um, but that's not really trained. that is training if you put the box in the cupboard. It's all part of the same picture. And like they say, trainings about trial and success rather than trial and error. And I think mm-hmm. um, the more we focus on setting up the environment for success and helping our animals, rather than leaving them without information or um, to figure it out for themselves, because that's where they're likely to get it wrong. If we just don't give them mm-hmm. that help, I think we really want to make it as simple as possible.
1: I think um, there's enough to be training without having to train for the bin <laughs> Just <laughs> home, yeah. get on with some grooming uh,
3: yeah, <laughs> have you, yeah. you
4: never thought that um, did you never go through that failure like, maybe it's just me but it's like oh my god it's cheating and I, I need to be able to have the dust it out and then you just feel bad and then uh, yeah, and then you go why am I doing that it's just a stupid I, <laughs> there I, are,
2: there are so many things that you just think why did I let that happen that many times before I changed yeah. something <laughs> Because uh, I mean, I remember when um, I had my first dog and yeah, the bin was just there and I'd come home. Uh, it must have happened at least five times, probably more, come home to the bin being everywhere. As as a behaviourist now, I look at, I analyse my own behaviour and I think, why did I continue to put the bin back in the same place and think that there would be a different outcome when I left? <laughs>
0: Isn't that the very definition of insanity?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have that many mo- was, That was the start of my
3: career. <laughs>
4: <laughs> There's many voices that speak to me all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Mr. Bin is just one of them. <laughs> exactly. You like dogs and I like dogs and you like dogs and yeah. We like dogs and I like dogs and you like dogs and yeah. dogs like dogs and I like dogs and
4: It's funny that when you say about um, the idea that like, um, whether that was before you were be- like a behaviourist in air quotes or um, whether you were just a pet owner, I mean, like the depending on what labels we use. But if we look back, sometimes even just taking that step back and going, okay, before I started actually like becoming really passionate about behavior and training and wanting to do all of this stuff, that's my caregiver that I'm working with that phones me up with the cat and the dog chasing (laughs) and they've got kids to feed. They need to get to work. They don't want to spend eight hours doing a training protocol for this, that and the other. And actually by doing real life training and just putting the dust in the cupboard, um, and is actually going to help the client more than anything else. And so yeah I think it's like having those things like you say make it easy is going to mean more success for the human as well in that relationship for the animal and the human
2: I yeah. think so- and I, sorry sorry going I, no, I was, I was just, just gonna just to finish off I was just gonna say I think um when you explain that to people as well and you say right, okay I could write you a 10-page training protocol yeah, yeah, yeah. for this or we put the cupboard in the bin in the cupboard you know (laughs) sticking with the bin example people just go yeah i'll just go for the cupboard
3: (laughs) (laughs) i think that's exactly what
0: i was going to say i was talking to someone today actually about their dog stealing their mail parcels and just ripping them to shreds and and at the moment that i suggested you know let's just put like a basket behind the letterbox and then then there isn't an issue uh i there was this sort of like moment of like oh my god i can do that i can so i think there's sometimes there's a (laughs) I, I I don't know for sure but I think sometimes you feel a lot of pressure because this was a puppy you feel a lot of pressure especially if you're talking to a, a trainer or, or a professional that you need to be training all of these things there must be there must be something I can do to train it rather than manage it and I think sometimes when you when you say about being you know bin behind the uh, in the cupboard or You know, male falling into a basket, it can really take a lot of pressure off of people as well. And they go, oh, that's really nice that we're allowed to do that. And I don't have to be the best, you know, animal trainer in the world. Because I certainly wouldn't, I probably wouldn't spend that time training that. I'm always looking for management solutions if possible yeah if it's all humanly possible because there ain't enough time in the day for everything
1: you get that nice response of like oh wow that's fabulous or you get the oh so it's just distraction i'm like no it's yeah, not just distraction.
0: Distraction.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right so all these labels like when you're when you're talking i was like um these thoughts were um sort of uh, coming to me in terms of um all these voices were speaking and like, like, some of the things i was hearing is just like when we used the word training. Um, how do we define training and the construct of training and Mm -hmm. even like uh, distraction how we how do we define distraction and Mm -hmm. essentially it might even be better to just get rid of some of those things and actually just talk about I don't know teaching or learning and Mm -hmm. keep it at that level and even then you could break that down but I think because as soon as you get to training it's like well, no, I'm not training. I'm just managing. I'm not managing. I'm just um, distracting. And then actually all of those things are teaching in a way and the students learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we are distracting, we're teaching, we're training, uh, we're teaching all the time. And so then it becomes less about, well, it's not training. It's not this, because we have so many different perspectives of what training means based on the TV programs we watched, how we're brought up, um, what how we associate those words in school and all Mm. the education that we've had Mm -hmm. in society and culture and all the rest of it so yeah I find that really uh when you're saying that that thought just popped into my head thinking those labels and constructs get us into so much trouble so many times
1: I I actually made a point when I was um watching your show about that actually about how it just doesn't seem to you don't Mm you don't mention it it's just all one thing you know you don't go "Oh, well, well we need to set this up first to do this and I just liked the fact that I was like oh it I am going to use the label now quickly I'm like it is management but it's not <laughs> yeah. being sold as management it's not being sold as a do this you know so I really liked that I did mention that to Steve when we we're
0: watching something I picked up on actually as, as we're going through maybe you can throw some light on this um is uh so when you're when you're a lot of the time, so I we use a lot of markers as trainers a lot of the time. Um, but when you were teaching, um, there wasn't any use of anything like markers or anything like that. Was that was that a, a decision that was made? Um, so
4: not in terms of so made from a program perspective. Um, there wasn't a discussion about in terms of like whether we want to be pro or it was just going and doing what we do as trainers in essentially like I did what I would do with any client off mm-hmm. TV and I think Nancy did the same and um what my like I love if you watch I don't on you my YouTube videos and stuff you see me using a lot of markers <clears> and <throat> things but yeah. um at the same um the same time I think um for me i think well, there's always markers around so our hand movements are markers mm-hmm. um the way we, when we open our mouth or we turn our head and for, i love trainers to become and even just care, caregivers to uh, become more aware of what their body is doing and how that's influencing the animal's behavior as opposed to become really focused on when to click this button how many times to click it and um so many times i find that you end up spending so much more time going oh no that's the wrong timing oh no this is that when we could have just got them to chuck food at the right time and the relationship with the animal would have improved and the dog's behavior the cat's behavior would have changed and for most of the behaviors that we want to train and teach um train teach one of the, the behaviors we want to teach a day-to-day for most caregivers you can chuck food roughly at the right time yeah in roughly yeah. the right place and we're going to get great improvement and i and i think um with re- with like most pet owners um they won't necessarily always have a, like, they'll be like, well, I didn't have time to do training because I didn't have the clicker on me. Well, it kind of just gets rid of that. And it's like, um, you can just like, whenever you see a dog doing something, your cat doing something, if your cat's sitting on the cat tree, as opposed to jumping all over your counter surface when you're cooking, you can just go over and give your cat a little bit of chicken, or you can just go over and give your cat some attention. And so just getting them to see the idea for me, when I have caregivers or clients come to me, I just want them to leave with the idea that, I want to spot my animal doing things I consider good or desirable. And I just want to make, um, I want to pay that. And if that's the only thing they leave with, I think they've already got a tool that that's going to help them so much more than maybe focusing on the timing of a specific marker mm-hmm. um so yeah and I know that there'll be trainers out there going oh my god I can't believe you said that or um I'm not saying markers aren't important or we don't love them and whatnot but um I just just think from working my everyday caregiver I tend not to use very many uh markers or focus on saying to them that was the wrong time you didn't say good at the right time and just like chuck food at the, roughly the right time and often we get really good results
0: <laughs> yeah I really like that we yeah, had a, we had, a, agree, conversation. Yeah. We had yeah. a conversation about this just the other day yeah. um I think Corin, you brought up about a study that was being done on um on yeah. markers and we were chat. we were just chatting about the you know how much do you think that actually gets in the way of, of everything we do you know this is like this is holy text for me you know using a marker to do so but you've got to keep rethinking these things haven't you because yeah like you say if it, it everything comes along for the ride the way that you just said there you know all of that comes the positive reinforcement comes along with that you know um timing comes along with it as well because maybe there's something that something extra you don't have to think about or worry about if you're not doing it quite right But even
2: earlier than that observation and that's the key thing we Mm -hmm. need before we even start any teaching or training or whatever we want to call it you know people need to be able to be um observing and interpreting their animal and, and noticing them really um that's what that's what i think is the biggest key is getting them watching and going yeah. did you see that <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah yeah
4: and see what like that's exactly it because if you don't see it you can't
3: yeah, reinforce yeah. it yeah, yeah.
4: and so it's like what do i look for what does i what do i want my client to look for mm-hmm. um and so i think that's a really cool point is observation is such a key thing
1: we um, extremely quickly got rid of uh, clickers in our, when we started running puppy classes because these are new, sometimes these are people with their first dog and suddenly you're like, right, here's a button. And, and suddenly they're just clicking away anyway and you're like, yeah, just put that down. <laughs> exactly
2: they get muddled up and start feeding the clicker to the dog.
1: <laughs> I have definitely um, accidentally put a clicker in Peach's mouth before because obviously she's such a big gob. I was like, "Give that back!" Luckily, she was like, "That's not food." That's I was right.
0: like, "Okay." <laughs> I, I can imagine from a from a caregiver's perspective as well. It's a bit like you walk into a room and then suddenly you're like trying to pat your head and rub your belly mm-hmm. at the same time, and then all of a sudden you're looking over there and someone's there. There's so much yeah. to do and take in. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I I really do I, I just
1: focus on people having fun with their puppies in the class you know exactly
0: exactly
4: yeah i think that's the key and i think we take so much away like i'm the for me i love geeky training like if i'm working a client's dog they drop a dog off me and i'm going to spend an hour working them for a little while helping them out um i might get a clicker out and use a clicker because for me just the repetition the the fluency i have and um i think with great like if you can hit certain timing i can get behavior really fast and whatnot um but um when I pass the dog back to them, I don't necessarily go back to giving them the clicker. Or if I've got a client who maybe I do want them to focus on um, going quiet and actually pressing a button because I want them to stop moving and following the dog, then that a particular client, I might bring just, I might bring the clicker out in that moment. But generally I think actually like just as you guys said, um, and as you said, Corinne, really focus on um, like, just having fun I think sometimes we when we're learning something we make it so strict or Mm -hmm. okay you have to pay attention now you have to sit up straight you have to wear a uniform (laughs) you have to listen to all these words and you lose the joy of it Mm -hmm. and almost Mm -hmm. actually just like how can puppy classes and um, training consults be more relaxed where it's not why do we need to go Okay, this is a training consult. This is real life. Why can't it just kind of flow where you walk in and we're just kind of having if this client prefers to meet a friend at the dining table compared to the living room or if this person feels more comfortable in the living room, let's go into a client's home or let's work with them with what they're most comfortable with, because then. First of all, they're more likely to be focused on um, the conversation we're having now mm-hmm. rather than going, this is so stressful. I need to worry about this. Or I'm not used to being in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I do think we need to start sort of relaxing our rules a little bit and are going, let's go with the flow and let's make sure everyone's having fun. I, I had it. Really
2: and that, that was another thing about the TV show. So I think... Um it was kind of true to life as what I try and do. And hopefully if any of my clients are listening to this, they've had this experience, but I am a, I'm, I'm a paperless office. (laughs) Like it, it kind of goes in here. And if I need to film something, I will, but I just think sometimes um, the kind of consult model does make it more of an interview. And actually it's just me coming and hanging out with you and your dog or cat for a while. And show you know telling you what i see and giving you a bit of a running commentary and giving you some ideas about what might change or need to change um so i really like that relaxed approach about the the program as well you like you kind of you, you look like you were moving in.
1: <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to get in fun. the bed with those people. <laughs> <laughs> there were times when we
4: were really close. Uh, before, like, the other night, we were on the floor um, and yeah. uh, meditating on the floor. But uh, I think it's just, that's the thing, is, like, trying to find things that make people laugh and remember, oh, with the cat, we did, um, we, like, there's no, you don't have to lie on the floor with a cat and, like, um, meditate. But the, the point is, let's just create a calm environment, let's, spend some time with the cat rather than being downstairs watching TV and the cat's locked upstairs because the dog and the cat can't mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about spending time. But If we can create just a fun, like something fun around it, something that makes them giggle, something that just feels a bit more natural. Um, hopefully that um, makes it motivating to want to do it again in the future when you're not there. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that. And I think um, like, yeah, just if there's any behaviorists watching or, um, and like, if you have a particular style that you're most comfortable with i think it's always good to be flexible so maybe you go i'm going to try practicing if i'm really relaxed i might try practicing my a bit more formal type stuff and if i go in and I always do my consults more formally i'm going to try practicing um setting myself up in small steps you don't have to like go from um everything to nothing uh, but <laughs> just become a bit less formal and see how that consult goes for you and suddenly you might discover a whole new world of um working with your clients and things like that so i think it's definitely cool to try by both
0: sides. When you hit that sort of yeah, I, I I don't know if you've, if you do classes or shirak, um, but um, when when you're in classes and you get that that sort of gang of people that all kind of get on really well with each other and you're able to have a bit of a laugh and you know I I love that it's when it, and and it's most conducive to learning as well. That's some that's something I don't think a lot of people understand. I'm not and I'm not Mr. David Brent here. You know I'm not going into training, <laughs> <laughs> going into training situations like that. But it really it really does make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
2: mean, I mean I've seen him, so you know. You've heard his same jokes five hundred times. I'm always
1: the butt of them as well.
0: Oh, I always always take a always take a guitar with me. <laughs> you should. I, think I love
1: that. It's like I definitely I think I
4: like I don't run classes at the moment. I, I run them for like workshops and things, uh when we do like puppy workshops. But um I ran puppy class for many years and I think that was the thing. I started off, and I remember, um, like, uh, 17 years ago, when I started this. It was like I have these sheets where I was like, seven oh one, say hello, seven oh
1: two,
4: ask people where they're from, seven oh three, ask them what breed their puppy is, seven oh four, <laughs> downstairs, seven oh five, give a treat, seven oh six, refill treat bag, and yeah. like almost that helps gives you confidence, and you're like uh, because. Uh, if you haven't had the experience of running classes, just having that structure might be as a trainer, giving you that confidence. But like you look at me now and some of it, like if you are some of the, uh, my students or people I've mentored over the last few years and they'll come in and they're like, uh, we'd use the word disorganized until you walk in and there's no like written plan. <laughs> and there is a plan. And like, I do have, I thought a saying but for me, the the goal is actually with puppy training or any classes, if I go in and go week one, we're working on um, down sits, blah, 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 socialize. Um, you walk in and you miss what's actually going on in real life and what people's priorities are. Whereas, like what you guys described, you walk in, you're more relaxed, and you suddenly have a conversation with this group of people. And you go, Rover's mom says, Well, Rover keeps biting my daughter today. So, why not cover that in that moment and mm-hmm. go, Guys, who else has uh, biting issues? Uh, because suddenly, your caregivers are like oh i like this class they're actually addressing something i want to know rather than going we'll cover that on week six and that's what i used to do is go mm-hmm. oh yeah that's week four that's week two <laughs> and then we just like follow a structure now it's more like well if someone has an issue getting their dog out of the car or their dog's in the car but shaking and they've just got to class let's have the whole class work on calm behaviors in cars and have been happy being in the car and suddenly when you get to week 6 and you've covered everything you wanted to but it's just in an order where you're more flexible and you're watching like nat said you're observing the client's behavior and their verbal mm-hmm. behavior and the dog's behavior and you're adjusting your criteria to make it most useful and i think that's what modern dog training is more about as opposed to um marching around the hall and following like mm-hmm. you need to do this and this and this and this and it really does like more real life training
2: we have to be kind of social chameleons almost don't we and ad- adapt ourselves to um I, I mean that's why you know all the people that i i know and love in the behavior world are just f- fabulous people people as well as animal people because um you know behavior is behavior no matter what species and so you know just observing and and playing off with people and maybe having difficult moments and coming up against conflict or um, having someone that disagrees with a way that you might um, be suggesting to, to to train or teach uh, an animal something is a really important part of the job. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, both you and Nancy have got that in bucket loads and it comes across in the show mm-hmm. perfectly. Um so, did you actually get on with everybody? Okay. <laughs> <Were>
4: that <there> any... <laughs> Nancy. Oh. Were, there any,
2: were there any tantrums?
4: <laughs> Nancy had every single. Now I'm joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's
2: not here um. to defend herself, cousin. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, sadly Nancy can't be here, which is um, which is really sad actually, because um, I was looking forward to um, like just sharing that time again with her. Well, we'll um, have to look,
2: do it for series two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
4: Um, no, there were like genuinely, it was amazing. Um, fr- um the caregivers, everyone who took p- uh, part in terms of the uh, participants that we work with, the owners we go to see, um, working with Nancy, the whole crew, everyone. Um, t- Like if there were any differences, we're able to go as such a cool group where you go, I see it from this perspective. And they're like, we're looking for this perspective. And you're able to have a conversation and go, oh, okay, this is going to work best. And animal welfare is always um, first and foremost, help making sure that the caregivers were looked after and that uh, we're meeting their needs was really important as well. And for Nancy and I. I can say that we've kept in touch with the people we work with and um we get updates from them. Uh we're sharing messages to see how they're getting on. They send us video clips and et et cetera, et cetera. And we love that and we see that and it's really
2: nice.
4: Yeah. It's just great. The like a lot of these people we worked with, um to happily meet them and like um go for a drink or we just like that relationship is not just all oh, your other behaviors so I just have to listen it's almost like oh I have an idea what if I try this with my cat or oh, I have an idea what if we try this with our dog and it's so great because it's almost a um, equal relationship it's not I'm not any better than my client that I'm seeing I just have different information to what they have and they actually have really valuable information because they know their cat and their dog better than I do Mm -hmm. and so I really want them to offer that information and although I might go oh that sounds a bit strange I would do it differently but actually it makes sense for them and their family and their lifestyle and their work and what they can afford and all these other things so I think that's the really cool thing is um like some of the stuff you mentioned earlier about having that um like good relationship with clients and people that we work with um that's how we kind of got on so actually I loved it it was so much fun
2: I, I love the way um, in the first episode, you kind of break down this barrier that, which almost looks like a silly thing, but it, it, it puts across such important information in a really simple way. Um, so you got the, the cat's bed and you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a stranger to the house. So let's just introduce myself and <laughs> you know, rub, the, rub yourself all over the bed. And I thought that is brilliant because you're one, you're getting a rapport with the, the humans. Mm-hmm. Two, you're getting a, a scent rapport with the with the cat, and three, you're breaking down any kind of um, myths and uh, barriers that there might be that that us as animal behaviourists can kind of walk in and be <laughs> this kind of. You know, Chirag Doolittle that that (laughs) sings to all the animals, and they all flock to us, and and uh, it's all perfect. Yeah, that
4: do (laughs) not do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that is my one wish. When I find that genie in the lamp, that
4: is my one wish. (laughs) Well, no, it's true. It is true, and I think it's like that balance between like I think it's still we talk about are you professional, are you not professional, and I think there's ethical guidelines and boundaries and things that we look at, but I think sometimes we're just like culturally brought up and you're like you have to be professional you have to wear a certain type of clothes but what does what I wear affect how I'm gonna um like train a dog or a cat and also actually going and dressing I know like uh, well my trousers were, my family have been telling my trousers way too short and I'm uh, <laughs> like your, your shirt was too tight you need to wear this and my, that's my appearance that's such a for the program
2: <laughs> family thing to do like oh I'm really excited I'm on telly and then the comments you get are oh, hmm
4: like <laughs> gonna, gonna brush your gonna, hair yeah wear a different color shirt I was like hey,
2: (laughs) Um,
4: but um i think like um go in and where and especially like with now and covid and lockdown and um all of these things like I have when turned up to consults on zoom just wearing my tracksuit and top and whatever. And before, if I go to a client's house, I'm like dressing up a lot smarter and those are going, we're still having great success and the clients are still loving it. The animals are so, so how much of it is in my mind and my head, as opposed to um, real life. And I think sometimes we're so in our heads with things that we've heard as a child or things that we've mm. been taught and we don't question them. And so I really do think we need to start, like you say, just rubbing that cat bed. It's like, what are you doing? You're strange. And the people, start laughing and then ask any questions and you just start engaging with them and it also helps the animal because you smell like them a little mm-hmm. bit um so yeah i think that's such a cool thing to look at is how can we um different ideas to try and go work with a client and just make yourself more relatable
1: how yeah. can we go was... and work in our pajamas <laughs> 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 that's <laughs> no. what my, i've been living my life like that i want to be able to go you want
2: to go to work in your oody or whatever it's
1: a a giant fleecy jumper that goes past your knees and it has a hood um, and a great big pocket at the front that you can lose everything in Um, and
2: hers has got dogs on it yeah
4: that just sounds amazing. You yeah. just need one with cats on it, but I
1: think, I think they have yeah, them. I think they have them. Oh my god, them. you could you could get a dog and cat one for you and Nancy. <laughs> oh
2: my god, series two, episode one. You're both wearing your Oodies driving to the next place.
1: <laughs> if we get a series two. I am
4: gonna so try turning up with my DJs on an Oodie. Yeah, uh, it'll be okay. If or you like?
2: Hour. You need to do like a kind of debrief meeting in your Oodies in the hotel room
3: afterwards.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but in the name of science in the name of training it's important because you can put the hood up and it becomes um a socialization thing the dog gets used <laughs> yeah. to seeing something yeah. Yeah. um mm-hmm. exactly you get you keep your treats in your uh pocket that sounds amazing you can you keep, keep so everything
2: much in, there. in there <laughs> if, the dog, the if the dog becomes overwhelmed you can just squat down over them and there's a visual barrier <laughs> so they can't see anything <laughs>
4: amazing you're walking in the street and almost like if they had little like do you know those things that sometimes you can raise your arms and the gown like comes out like yeah <laughs> you, know, you can have that attachment so when you're walking in the street and yeah. uh, there's a dog <laughs> and you can just like stretch out your arms
0: and it will cover like open it up like a little blanket i'm quite right. surprised corinne isn't wearing it now i'll be honest <laughs> this is one of the rare occasions during lockdown that uh, i've seen already. well this
1: room gets really hot and uh... <laughs>
0: This is the issue coming into You can summer.
1: already see that I'm pink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Something I, I, I did want to say was uh, so many of the things that you do with the cats and the dogs on the show um, are just great things to do anyway, regardless if, if, if the dog is living with a cat, the cat is living with a dog. If it's two dogs learning to live together, if it's two cats learning to live together, you know, um, so many things that so many people can take away from it. Um, and that's wonderful. It's wonderful to see on television. Um, without wanting to get into the to the muddy mire, you know, it's it's been there's been you know controversy abound about TV shows recently in our in our um, dog training community. And I don't we're not really ones for you know airing you know giving publicity to things that you don't really want to give publicity to. So it's wonderful. It's been I mean all of the love that's come out from this show that I've seen on Facebook has been lovely. It's nice to see people rallying behind Mm. something rather than you know railing against it
4: Mm. you know that's such a good point and i think genuinely um the community has been amazing in the support in terms of sharing information with their clients um sharing feedback sending feedback to a tv company or on social media Mm. and i think that just that that's the philosophy of what we do day to day. And we focus on a positive reinforcement approach, managing the environment as Nat said earlier about rather than going, we set you up to fail and then tell you off for failing rather than complaining about what's wrong in life, focus on going, actually, let's just focus on promoting and paying the stuff that we want to see more of. And I think it's been so great to see the community do that. And it, it feels good, I think, because when you mm. do that, you're not getting yourself all upset and frustrated going, I hate that. I hate that where you're mm. actually going, Oh, I like that. And suddenly you feel different and amazing as well. So you just thank you so much for everyone who has taken the, um, like precious time to watch the show, promote the show, and promote the message because I think we're all trying to do the same the same thing. And I think Nancy and I might be the people on TV or like fronting, like as in the people that other people see, but actually I feel like it's more powerful than that because a whole community has come together, and we're all, we're all trying to sell the same message, not sell the same, like teach the same message mm-hmm. and provide the same information. So I think it's just another way to do that and be supportive of each other.
1: Yeah, it feels like a bit of backup. Like you know, when you go in, you're like, oh, there's stuff. There's a program on the telly that backs us up, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> rather than being TV, like, oh. it has to be true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point, isn't it? Because it's not. I mean, actually, we we did list quite a few actually when we were talking on today. But you, the the ones that seem to get in the public consciousness are not ones you want to sort of point to and just to say, well, yeah, you can go and have a look at this. Yet yeah, they're the ones that seem to be in everyone's public consciousness when you when you go around their houses or talk to them or, and so yeah, to have that something where you can say on right now on catch up five star yeah. go check it out. You know, it's there, and you know everyone can learn something really good from it. Um, yeah, it is brilliant. It is really, really good.
2: And you are both brilliant ambassadors for everything that mm. we're all trying to work towards. So you you know, you're really personable and you are just brilliant on screen. Like, I don't think people realise how, how much of a difficult skill that is. To, you're basically presenting the show plus having the massive behavioural knowledge you have for the non-humans, plus having people skills to deal with counseling issues it's amazing
0: plus a fine really jacket as well really proud of you, but <laughs>
2: plus the outfit
4: yeah oh <laughs> uh, yes um but no thank you very much that's really nice to hear because i know from an perspective perspective uh, my perspective like we're not tv people and um as in like i i was like why would uh, why would you want me to do your TV programme? Because I was like, I'll come across horrible on the camera. There's a lot of people who probably come across way better. Um, but it's really nice, like just the support that everyone has provided and um I just think it's been great. Um so, well, I yeah, think you're brilliant.
2: You're so and well. I, I, I really want um an outtake show of just you and Nancy in the car. Because <laughs> yeah. it just really made me laugh watching both of you in the car going, Where are we going today, Trag? <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a show just on that.
4: Uh, I think it would be I think that that would be the best I like if they can take the get the outtakes of the stuff that just like made us there's so many moments that we were just giggling and giggling giggling and yeah going from one place to another like Devon to uh, Birmingham or somewhere and um, that was the other great thing is because we're doing this as a team you got Nancy and I were able to travel together and um it was almost just, just yeah like stop making pit stops we're making like little videos on the way little sing-alongs and um all sorts and it just yeah it was the funniest time ever so there are some <laughs> maybe if you catch me on a drunken night
2: yeah i think <laughs> we might need to somehow as part of the podcast get a little jingle going of one of you and nancy's <laughs> sing-alongs that could be good yeah.
4: I learned something about Nancy. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, Steve. Go on, go on.
2: Yeah, you're fine. I
4: learned something about Nancy. She's a genius with words. So um, she would, she's able to, in minutes, just put together... She should be some kind of, like, rapper or singer. Like, um, <laughs> she can literally, like, in minutes, we're talking about something, and like, wouldn't it be cool if we came up with, um, like, a little jingle for this? And, like, two minutes later, driving along, two minutes later, you look around, Nancy's going, so here it is and she's come out with this little jingle within two minutes i just yeah like phenomenal it was amazing
2: okay well that needs to be her contribution because she wasn't able to join us tonight <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah, we, we, to we want uh, we want a whole
0: song do. based on I mean, the title <laughs> the title's got to be squeak and retreat hasn't it it's got to be squeak yes. and
2: retreat <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god that's gonna be amazing We have to message out to, you have to message and ask her for it i'm sure she'll do it and if it she needs be any
1: backing vocals we're all up for it
2: yeah
0: wait <laughs> I, I you, you reminded I, me of something actually um uh the, the other day i was driving along um driving back from um my my training venue And uh, I get around the corner and I remember this was this was about two years ago, maybe maybe a year and a half, two years ago. But I remember I saw one of um, my clients walking down the street with their dog and I just just happened to be driving past just at the right moment when I saw his lovely little uh, retriever look up at him and he just give the dog a treat. And I was so like I was so uh, just for me, that was the best moment ever. And now every time I drive past, well, not every time, but quite often when I drive past there, I have, I relive that little moment, and I have a little smile about it. It's how <laughs> reinforcing that was for me. Um, it must be—I mean—to see the success, and because some of these things are quite emotional, aren't they? Sometimes people get really emotional about when you know when they think that their dog might be stressed, or you know, or their cat might be in danger, or or whatever it might be. Um, it is so rewarding to see people. At the end of it, when they've got to somewhere, when they've actually achieved something, I love that. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's golden. Like you, you said it best. They just, that example
4: is, yeah, like the feeling you get, you, I think that's the, for me that, again, that would be the highest reinforcer is to see those things happening.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I made sure the next time I saw I saw that guy, I was like, oh, you made my day. I was literally just <laughs> something, something so simple. Like, I remember, I don't know, do, do you know who Peter Gildjum is? yes yeah. Yeah, yeah we were talking to him the other day um he was on the podcast and he was saying that you know it doesn't matter if he sees someone and their timing's wrong and they're doing and everything's got out of place and I mean, it just really makes him smile and that really rung true with me it's um it's a lo- just a lovely moment
4: that's and like you said, that's a really cool point is um when you, with our clients as well like there's so many things we can focus on what But they're doing wrong. And sometimes we're so passionate about wanting to help the dog, and we see maybe things that other people don't see. So we go, Oh my God, the cat's really stressed. Oh my God, the dog's really stressed. And that kind of the way we speak or how much information we want to give, we almost accelerate it. So we start Mm -hmm. becoming unrealistic or we start looking at all the faults. Whereas actually, if we just take a step back and go, okay but i actually see that the person really cares about their cat and mm. it, they yes they've not given the cat somewhere high to go up but they try and hold the dog back when the cat's coming in the room now maybe that makes it worse because the dog's like jumping forward and screaming the head off but actually the client is trying to help the cat get from point a to point b um without the dog jumping all over and they may not be doing it in the way that me and you might do it um, but they're doing it the best they can and there's real genuine love and compassion there and i i, I rarely see i don't think i've I can't easily tell you. Oh, yeah, here's a client that doesn't care about their pet. Um, mm-hmm. They may be doing things differently, but I think every we work with people who really love their animals and they're part of the family. And they might hit them, they might punish them, they might tell them off, and they might use spray collars. They might do all of these things, but it's not because they hate their pets. They, I think it's more out of desperation or it's the mm-hmm. best information they have. And I think, like you say, just focusing on um, actually letting some of that go and just focusing on what they're doing right. The change that you can see from week to week in a consult um, can be huge. I think.
1: I think you even said it in the show. Perhaps it was on here now. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> but you I, you, I, I, I always really like that um, you do it. You've done the best that you you could or you can with the, the the knowledge that you currently have. So you know, I think that takes a lot of pressure off of people if they do. If they find out, find out they feel and they feel bad about something. Suddenly, mm-hmm. it's like, no, you were doing your best. Yeah. Let's now look at this way. Yeah.
0: There used to be a time when, if someone, even if even if I was taking a phone call, like a discovery call from someone or something like that, and someone would say something, mention something about dominance or something like that, then I would immediately be like, you know, like I'd go, the patter would come out. I've learned for a long time now that if I if I get to work with this person, if I get to work with this caregiver, then I, you know, just just through doing you know, I don't, I don't have to go down that road. I can just show, the, you know, the th- that we get results this way. And then, you know, maybe later on, maybe months down the road, there's a conversation to be had about that. Uh, maybe there isn't, maybe, you know, it's just something that people have picked up in the park quite often from someone that's told them mm-hmm. something about their dog. Um, I think, you know, that what you said there about you, you have to be a bit more, um, understanding when people turn up yeah people turn up but you, most people don't if you didn't care you wouldn't ring ring a dog trainer yeah. would you you know um and i think that that really that really does go a long way it really sets light bulbs off in my brain
4: i love what I... you called it sorry Nat, you called no, it no, no, a no. discovery call
0: yeah um, yeah i love that name I... just when you said that i was
4: like that's wow i love that because that just changes it from um like speaking to a client like even just a label you use discovery it's like oh I'm trying to discover information and it's like you then you open up and you're like oh I want to listen I want to find out as opposed to I'm trying to tell them stuff just I love
0: the I love it discovery call yeah I'd like to say that was mine it's not I think I can't remember where I heard that no something something, something that's coming from somewhere else but yeah yeah it's a nice it's a nice um it is a nice picture in the right frame of mind doesn't it I think yeah well, wow. um, I mean, we're coming up to that hour mark now. I mean, thank you so much um, for coming on and talking to us. It's been an absolute Have you had pleasure.
2: fun? Have you enjoyed talking to us? Have we been I have. interesting? <laughs> oh,
4: good. I have. I've definitely. Thank you so much for asking me to come on. And
0: um, no, it's been amazing.
2: We I were over the moon that hour. you said yes. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it.
0: Really appreciate it. Yeah, really fascinating. Fascinating. And, and, and let's hope for a season two, huh?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: definitely.
0: <laughs> when would you find out? Would you know? Would, would someone would someone just tap you on the shoulder and be like, Hey, season two? <laughs> that would be cool.
2: <laughs> um, surely surely the helicopter just pulls up,
4: doesn't yeah. it? Ooh, yeah. Uh the limo will turn up and um, <laughs> the, the carpet and yeah, um yeah, the demands will go up and uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's this gif of, um there's this gif on um I love my gifs. And on WhatsApp, um, there's a gif on like, I think if you type in Diva, like Mariah or something, like there's this uh, Mariah Carey on this wheelie chair. And she's got all these people around her and they're wheeling her from one place to another. I was like messaging Nancy the other day, going, okay, if there's season two, we need to up our demands. Um, <laughs> I was like, We're at, we should be at this standard now.
2: Definitely. I'm happy to be a roadie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely just wheeled around but wearing Oodies. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and that's it It's was like yeah please we'd like to go and see your bedroom now where's the cat litter trace kept but can you wheel me
0: there <laughs> if you're really lucky there might be a stair lift going like oh. <laughs> we'll put that in the contract yeah. right I think it's about time to do a fake buy what do you reckon yeah fake buy then okay
2: all right oh. thank fake you bye. So much, bye thank you bye, bye. bye.
3: sounds collide Our cells divide Just like they've always done A spark a light, stretches back through all time. Time guided by a primal desire to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down. Our genes compete this war It's our duty to persevere. Okay.